This episode is brought to you by CovenantSpice.com, the fun, safe, and affordable way for Christian couples to take their sex life to the next level. You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex is happening in the marriage bed. Here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Allen and Shannon Etheridge. So, you know what I've noticed, Shannon, is that over the last um, couple of weeks, our listeners, who are the absolute best, sexiest people on the face of the planet, have, <laughs> we been, hope so. have been emailing in with great detail in their emails. I mean, like the length of email is there's some story involved and then you know what i'm thinking of is that yeah sometimes you feel like you're reading true confessions huh (laughs) a little bit but it also helps get to a little bit more of the heart of what's going on you know when you know more about what's happening because when you talk about life and you talk about sex and marriage you're talking about things that have a wealth of meaning you know and can be interpreted and misinterpreted and that wasn't what i intended and you know everything means something different and by the way, thank you for joining us with Sexy Marriage Radio today. Uh, if you want to email us and, sa- and share one of your life stories, we would love to hear it. You can, or even just we questions. We do. We enjoy reading we these. We do. Or even just questions or comments, you can send them to feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. You can also jump on iTunes, leave us any kind of reviews or any kind of comments that you have because we love the word spreading, that married sex is where hot sex is happening. And and we want that message to spread far and wide. So, you know, when I was talking about this whole idea, Shannon, of of how a story can be read in a variety of different ways. Okay, I, I want to tell me what you hear in this in this episode, if you will. Okay, but okay. I, I got to get a little, got to I got to set the stu- set the mood, kind of get some things going. <laughs> got to have some ambiance. Okay, so you got a husband and wife. They both work. They both are busy, but they are just hot and heavy with each other. So they rush home after work, and sex most often happens when they're still clothed. I mean, that's a viable option, isn't it? I mean, wouldn't that be something you could see that could happen? Man, they're just so ready to go (laughs) when they walk in the door. They just can't. I mean, that's like what you see in the movies. Yep. Yep. Exactly. So, that was exactly what I was thinking as a movie scene. <laughs> well, the music's got to help in the background. <laughs> <But>. <laughs> well, I'm thinking in an elevator, you know, they're, uh-huh. the doors close and they start just, you know, groping each other yeah. and tongues down each other's throats and yeah. going at it. And then the, the doors open and all of a sudden they're all put back together yeah, again. That's good. <laughs> but, I mean, <laughs> but it doesn't always happen that way. True. The whole, uh, we, uh, didn't even have time to get our clothes off isn't always a positive, uh, especially for one gal who emailed us recently. Right. She her, her story that she shared with us encapsulated that she's been married seven years, two kids. They both work full time. So it's hectic, as I'm sure that lots of people out there can imagine. The sex is great in the beginning, she says, but now it's not really existent. She says when he does approach her for sex, there's no foreplay. There's no kissing or cuddling. It's just for him. It normally lasts about five minutes, and we don't even undress totally. Oh, I just have, yeah, I just have this image of a man, um, like with his t-shirt and socks still on, 
you know, he's he's bare from the waist right. down to his ankles, but he didn't even bother taking off his Hanes t-shirt and his black work socks. Right. <laughs> and she says, I'm getting lonely. I'm feeling hurt and used. I miss feeling loved and wanted. I feel more like an object. I think what she's really saying is I miss the foreplay. The wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, isn't doing a yeah. whole lot for her. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's not a good scenario. Yeah. Yeah. And, and for those listening, I want to encourage you to Google uh, Business Time by Flight of the Concourse. Love it. <laughs> they talk Love about it. business stocks because it's business time. <laughs> Actually, I will put it on this the link to this show. So just go to sexymarriageradio.com. It will be on this episode. I will put you it will right below. You will laugh hysterically, we promise. Great, great clip. But that I mean you bring up an interesting point because if you when you hear the word foreplay, what comes to mind? Are you asking personally or in general? In general. I don't we don't need to go true confessions from Shan and Etheridge today. <laughs> okay. I was yeah, that's why I was hesitant. It was like I don't think the world really needs to know that. No, 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 no. I think as long as Greg Etheridge knows that, we're good. That's that's what matters. Let's keep that there. But but when you hear the word foreplay, okay, let's go. We'll, we'll take it, change it slightly. When you hear the word, when a person hears the word foreplay, what do you think comes to their mind? I think in general, what comes to their mind is exactly what this woman said. Kissing, cuddling, maybe even, you know, intimate groping or whatever. But it, it's it's like all the activities that lead up to intercourse. Okay. So it's all preparatory kind of stuff. the general Webster's definition of foreplay is arousing activities that get your get your flame burning, get your boat floating, et cetera, blows up your skirt, right. et cetera, et cetera, that leads up to the full-blown intercourse. That's, okay, that, that's probably pretty accurate. And it, I'm wondering, because I didn't do any research to find, and I don't even know if they have research on this, of what's the average length of foreplay a couple has. I wonder if that's ever been studied. And I think that it is different from season to season, like we mentioned in the last show, sure. that when we're dating... Uh, or when we're at least trying to refrain from intercourse, that well, foreplay, it's all can foreplay go on it? and on and on <laughs> for hours at a time. But I think that the longer you're married, the deeper that rut can get of just going straight to the chase, straight to intercourse and missing out. So why do you suppose um, that is? Why do you suppose well, there's a switch? Well, I think that you lose sight of how important foreplay is. And let me tell you how we discovered, rediscovered the importance of it. A couple of years ago, I had a hysterectomy. And of course, we couldn't have sex for, I think, a minimum of six weeks afterwards. And so, you know, we're ready to white knuckle and we're just thinking, wow, okay, well, you know, I guess we'll just have to find other things to do because we know we can't have intercourse. So we rediscovered the joy of making out. We rediscovered the joy of oral sex. We rediscovered the joy of all the other things that we could be doing besides vaginal penetration with a penis. Right. And our sex life got a lot hotter during that season to where by the time we could have sex, we didn't want to rush right to that because we remembered from 22 mm. years earlier in marriage just how hot all that foreplay activity could be. And you know why it got hotter? Why? It's because sexual foreplay is a negotiation for the level of intimacy and eroticism in what comes next. Is that what Webster says? No. That's what Dr. Corey Allen said. Yeah, I stole it from Dr. Schnarch. So okay, gotta, say it again. Gotta give say it credit. again. Sexual foreplay is a negotiation for the level of intimacy and eroticism for what comes next. 
So in other words, if there's not a lot of foreplay, what comes next is not going to be just really arousing and exciting. Right. It's not, well, it's not going to be one a, partner. There's not going to be a lot of depth of connection because okay. it truly is and just so a booty the, call then. Like, I mean, it is just a wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, move on. Right. That's when the person does feel like a sexual doormat that they just wipe their feet all over. Right. Okay. And so reverse that for me. What does intentionality with prolonged foreplay say to the partner? Well, it what it is is it's saying uh, it's a increasing the depth of the connection. It's increasing the presence of each other. Because think about how if you look at just the act of sex, you know, just the act of intercourse. For most people, we're not talking a great deal of time. Right. Okay. And that's yeah. fine. I mean, there's nothing necessarily wrong with man, I lasted 30 minutes, you know, because she could be going, God, I wish that thing was over 15 minutes ago. I'm yeah, sore. I'm, I'm thinking rough and rough and rough and <laughs> rough and You know, it's like, ow. You know, but <laughs> it, it can be something that is very, very deep in the connection, very, very bonding, very, very intimate if you build to it. Because if it's something just really quick, it truly is just more biological usually. But if it's something that is you're kind of taking your time, you got some foreplay going on. There's lots of kissing. There's lots of connecting with each, with each other's eyes. You know, seeing each other behind the eyeballs, not just seeing each other's bodies. That's a whole different meaning involved. Right. And I think that it's probably safe to say I can't speak for all women, but I can speak for many that I've talked with. Foreplay means more to them than the act of intercourse itself most times. Like I remember, you know, I do these um, women at the well workshops over a four day span of time. Mm -hmm. And one of the opportunities that these eight women who are participating have is we have a special session that is optional, but it's called the sexually confident wife, because I want to be sensitive to the fact that they're not all at a place where they're ready to develop sexual confidence. Sometimes right. they're just so focused on healing from something in the past that to force an issue like being a sexually confident wife on them right now would just be painful. But for those who choose to participate, it's always a very lively conversation. And there was this one woman who uh, probably went into more detail than was absolutely necessary, but she was saying how my husband loves foreplay, that that seems to be the thing that really gets him off most, uh, you know, that, that he will just spend so much time focused on me and that what whatever it is that turns me on is what turns him on. So he's just really in tune mm -hmm. with paying attention to every response, to every little thing that he does. And all the women sitting around this table listening to this woman gush about the subject, I could tell that they were like hanging on the edge of their seats. And at one point I thought, these ladies are going to need to slip out and smoke a cigarette here in a minute. <laughs> they were Cold just, showers for everyone. Yeah, they were just riveted. Yes. And I thought okay, this lady is tapping into something that is very, very true. That for women, it's not just about having the penis inside the vagina and helping her husband cross some finish line. Right. That it's the foreplay activity that she's most responsive to, not just emotionally, but also physically. Because when you think about it, the way that a woman's anatomy is set up, she she mainly experiences orgasm through clitoral stimulation, which is considered foreplay, not right. intercourse, right. and through G-spot stimulation, which is a lot easier accomplished through uh, finger penetration than through penis penetration. Right. And so, yeah, when you think about from a woman's perspective, the foreplay is more in exciting and enjoyable than the intercourse itself. N nothing against intercourse. Right. You know, if, if, if in the right context and you've worked us up to it and you've, 
helped us warm up and all that, then it's great, but it's not what we thrive on most. Right. Well, I mean, what what would you say would derail foreplay most? I mean, would derail foreplay? Yeah. I, th I think there's a laziness to it. it. It there is. There's an energy. Um, there's also a time <laughs> of okay, we got to get this over with, <laughs> so it's got to be quick tonight. So there's not as much. Well, foreplay. and there are times for that. There, sure. there are times sure. when, yeah, all you got is five minutes. Yeah. And and so yeah, we're certainly not saying it has to be just hours and hours of foreplay every time before right. every sexual experience. Because let's be real, if that was the expectation, we would really have sex. Well, yeah, exactly. If we felt as if we could never have a quickie and not feel guilty about it, then we would never yeah. have sex. Because really intense, passionate sex can be like running a marathon. You can get your heart rate up. You can even break a sweat if yeah. you really set your mind to it. Yeah. But I don't think that any couple expects to have that kind of sex every time. No, no. But it because, sure is nice once in a while. Yes, it is. But typically those are, there's some intentionality there as well as just an aligning of things. You know, it's kind of that whole, you're just in sync. You've got this good alliance going on with each other where you're both kind of into what's happening and you're into it for yourself and for your partner, or it could be for your partner and for yourself, you know, so that you're both there. And it's not right. just, I mean, you don't have one of those times that I, I can't think of it this way of that, you know, we're going to have just this through the roof, swinging from the chandeliers type of moment of sex with, you know, I'm going to have that with Pam when she's just there for me. You know, she's not really trying to do anything for herself or seek her own pleasure. You can't really create that because it's kind of those two energies that come together. That's what creates it. And it seems like foreplay is the fire that gets that really going. It's kind of what brings both people on to the page of, okay, let's go here. Let's do that. And that's where it becomes the negotiation. Because even foreplay becomes a script, doesn't it? That, okay, we kiss a little bit. Or, I mean, this is the classic nice guy move I had all the time of, hey, honey, do you need me to rub your back tonight? You know, well, just go ahead, lay down. <laughs> and I'll she rub can your see back. right through Oh, that. yeah, she knows where it's going. And but hey, it's a way to kind of get her relaxed, and then I can maybe make a move, and then maybe it unfolds and it gets and it's good. Sometimes not. Well, and I think that it's good on occasion that that if you're whether it's the man offering a back rub to his wife or vice versa, that that every once in a while you say, you know, I I just want to do this for you without any expectation that it's going to go somewhere, right. so that they know that every time you touch their back, that they're not going, oh, good grief, they want sex, right? You know, hold her. For other reasons than you're ready to mount her. Touch her for other reasons than you want to have sex with her. Kiss her right. for other reasons than you really hope that this works up to something wild in the bedroom in a few minutes. Right. And I think that foreplay really communicates a level of value of that other person. Yeah. That spending time with you is important to, to me. Yep. Because I value you highly as a person. When I mean, you think about... If, uh, if you had a friend and the friend was like, hey, you know, I really want to connect with you. If you said, well, okay, you know, I got five minutes. I'll give you a call. If that was all you ever gave your friend, but you never said, well, you know what? Let's figure out a time to go sit and have coffee. Right. Or let's go have dinner together. Or even let's go on a fishing trip. Or, you know, something along those lines that communicated value of you're worth my time. Right. You're worth my effort. That, that's what foreplay really communicates to the spouse. If you are worthy of my time and attentions and energies. 
Well, it, it's just a, it allows for the relationship to blossom and flourish because of the investment that you have. And some of it's on those little things. It's the negative things. I mean, that's what married life is. It's going through life together as partners. And it's kind of creating this own secret world that you know the ins and outs of another person just because of what you've experienced together. And I think that foreplay is absolutely vital for a woman to feel fulfilled in the sexual relationship. Because when you think about the fact that men are wired, that they can, they can cross the finish line in, in two minutes if they choose to, right. you know, in five minutes probably is kind of a, a good average number in 10 minutes feels like, wow, I've really been going at this for a long time. <laughs> but for a woman, you know, Dr. John Gray, who wrote Venus and Mars and Venus and Mars, or was it men right. are from Mars, men, women are from Venus, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. He, he wrote a book called Venus and Mars in the bedroom. And he says, however many minutes it requires for a man to cross the finish line, you need to add an O to the end of that a zero in order to come up with how many minutes it takes a woman. In other words, if it takes a man two, it might take a woman 20. Right. If it takes a man three, it might take a woman 30. Sometimes it can even take a woman 40 to 50 minutes of foreplay to really cross a finish line. Right. And so how is that supposed to be a fulfilling experience for her if he's just into the, let me penetrate you until I ejaculate and now we're done? Yeah. That, that does not translate into your pleasure is important to me. Right. And I think that that was what was causing all of those women around that table to salivate as this woman was talking about is she was basically saying, my pleasure is so important to my husband that that's what he really thrives on is mm -hmm. me receiving pleasure. And I could tell that the women were basically saying, I just wish I had like you know, that going on in my marriage. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's true for a lot of men. I mean, there's, there's a definite turn on to knowing you can provide pleasure. To know sure. To, and I mean, that's not just a man thing. No, it's, it's a power trip for a woman to sure. know that she can bring a man to his knees, literally. But I, I can think of a lot of couples I know of where she doesn't buy that, though. She doesn't think she because of the way sex is unfolded. It's always been about him. But yeah. deep down, he could be he has he some, several in my in my counseling practice have even said this, that, no, I like it with her. I mean, I like it when she is into it. I mean, that's the whole nothing turns on a man more than a sexually turned on woman. Right. I mean, that's true. <laughs> For sure. In my book, it's true. Well, and you think about how if his wife from day to day is basically, you know, whether she's staying at home and taking care of kids, whether she's going off to work all day. I mean, she's always in this, you know, productive multitasking mode for a man to be able to slow that busy woman down long enough to relax and receive pleasure and to fully engage in an intimate sexual experience, that's got to make him feel like, yeah, I am the man. <laughs> am I right, Corey? Yes, does it's, that, it's does true. That volumes to you that a woman values, not just a woman, that Pam, that Pam values you as a person and finds you attractive enough that she will stop the world Right. And get off that merry-go-round long enough to, what is that world? I'll, or what is that song? I'll stop the world and meld with you. Remember that from the right. 80s? <laughs> Man, that is way old school. Yeah, right there, was it Throwback Thursday or something? <laughs> but it's, yeah, but what, what you're talking what about is, it has to a deeper. What a man for a woman to right. respond? There's a whole lot of depth in that statement. Or initiate. Right there. Yeah, there's a lot of depth and meaning in that statement. Because it's how we interpret things. Because, I mean, look at it this way from what we're talking about, Shannon. No couple has sex the same way. The flip side of that is no couple avoids sex the same way. 
there's meaning involved in all of it, right? And so what I would hope that this show provides, you know, obviously we spent a whole lot of time just talking about foreplay, but when you're talking about foreplay, you're talking about something that has meaning. And what does that mean? And so I would hope it would produce some discussions among couples that would start to examine not the role that their spouse plays because you could be sitting there saying, well, I want foreplay to keep going because I just love it. And so, and my spouse never does. She just wants to move on to the next thing or he's just constantly trying to get to the finish line. And well, all right. So what is your meaning for you? You know, so I'm thinking along the lines of you could have some examination of your own role of, okay, who initiates sex and what, what does that mean? And who, what really happens in foreplay? Because foreplay can have a script too. And what does that mean? And who initiates the transition from foreplay to intercourse? And what does that mean? And, and you know, so you can just all of those things you can start to unpack and look at your own role in the process. And what that communicates to your spouse. Right. And what you just described here is not like an agenda item for the week. It's more like an evolution yes. process. It's gonna it's gonna evolve and grow, uh, you know, with different seasons of marriage. But what comes to my mind, Corey, is that you know, like if you have a friend who says to you, "Hey, I I really need to talk with you." If all you ever say in response to those kinds of requests are, "Well," I'll let you know when I have five minutes and I'll give you a call <laughs> instead of, well, let's, let's carve out a time to go have some coffee or let's have a meal together right. or let's go on a fishing trip this weekend. I mean, like, it's like the more quality time you give that person, the more valuable they feel that they are in your life. Right. And if all you're ever giving your spouse is a five minute doormat experience, a wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Now I'm done. Now I'll let you get back to whatever you were doing. Then they're not going to feel valued. They need that quality connection, right. extended amount of time on occasion that they feel as if they stopped your world and you connected with them. See, that's interesting because you bring that, that, that thought up of, okay, if you just give five minutes to your spouse so that they can be pleasured and done. If you're flip that scenario, though, you're in a vibrant, alive, sexual relationship where you both have your needs met. You both can seek it. You're both pretty open. And your partner says, hey, I can give you five minutes. That means something different, doesn't it? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's it, that it whole, totally does. I'm here for you now. And that's a whole different, and that's where we're talking about the complexities of these meanings. And it really right. has to only be defined by the people involved. And I would say at, to, to the person that's listening to this show, challenge your meaning, not your spouse's. Have the conversation with your spouse, but challenge the meaning you place on things. And see if, okay, maybe that's a doorway into something totally different and totally better. Right. And, and what you just kind of alluded to is a quickie. Right. What does a quickie mean? Right. Well, to a couple that that's all there ever is, yep. I think that it represents kind of a poverty mentality yeah, of this is all I have to give you. Yeah. But if it's offered in the context of, well, we can have great sex, you know, whenever we both so desire and there's not not this you know rejection anxiety going on in either one of our heads that we're both sexually competent spouses here then a quickie is just kind of like icing on the cake right. it's kind of like hey I, I i can't wait until the next time that we have that extended experience i'm willing to to dive in for 5 minutes right now are right. you right it it you're right it communicates something totally different when you look at it in the context of the fullness of what's going on in the relational dynamic in this marriage. Right. And that's, and that's the beauty of sexy marriage radio is we hope, I think, I think I can speak for you here, Shannon, because we've been doing this together enough now to know 
that we hope that this spurs some conversation and then possibly some action in your life and in your bedroom. Because that's I love the emailers that, that send in and say, you know, the thing I've loved about most is you, is no topics off limits, which I hope we've demonstrated. <laughs> We're willing to kind of yep. go almost anywhere. And the other thing is we bring up conversations that then are carried forward in relationships that are brought up at home, that they're talking about things that maybe they wouldn't be talking about normally. And that then is a doorway and a pathway into something better together. Right. Work on the communication first because sex is communication. The better you get at talking to one another about it, the better you're going to get at performing it and, and, and pleasuring one another and creating that fulfillment that you both desire. Well, thank you for taking some time out to spend it with us. We hope that this leads to great things for you. So we will see you next time. Have a good time.